Sunland preview show. It has been 2,848 days or seven years, nine months and 17 days if you prefer since we aside met Tyneside in a competitive fixture but finally Sunderland versus is back this Saturday at the Stadium Light in the third round of the FA Cup. No matter how either side looks at it, the red and white versus the black and white is always a huge occasion and this one's going to be absolutely no different. In fact, maybe bigger than usual. And I had secretly hoped that I'd never have to have a Newcastle fan on the show, but, you know, the preview show is the preview show. And I have managed to find one mag that I actually don't mind a little bit in the shape of journalist Andrew Reynolds from Newcastle site, the Jory Boot Boys. Uh, Andrew, how are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Not happy about the circumstances, but, uh, yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> Good. No problem at all. Um, we'll start from the top. Look. Your most recent game, um, I think some of us might have even watched it last night, but you got you got beat, sorry, got beat 4-2 off Liverpool at Anfield on Monday night. That's continued Newcastle's poor run of form. For those who didn't see the game, how was the performance? How was the game? Yeah, so it was a bit of a strange sort of feeling on social media that when it was nil-nil, even at 1-0 and then 1-1, it was sort of, oh, we're still in this. Uh, there's still a chance, which obviously at 1-1 uh, there is, but... We got absolutely battered. Uh, Liverpool completely. I think it was the highest XG uh, recorded in a Premier League game. I mean, if, if if you want to look at those kind of stats. But I mean, the only reason we it wasn't 4 or 5 nil at halftime was Martin Dubravka. Uh, it should have been an absolute battering, realistically. And it's. I don't think it's up for a lack of effort. I think the effort was there. I just think we just got completely outplayed. And it is, it is starting to become quite a big worry. Uh, heading into this game. I think when you looked at, um, I, I can't quote me exactly, but I think Eddie Howe said something like he didn't feel like Newcastle were that open, which I think has caused a bit of a disagreement, shall we say, online. Is that something that you think you had a point with? Because when I watched it, Newcastle seemed quite open, with with all due respect to the fact you were facing effectively the best side in the league at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm not sure how you can watch that performance and not think that we were completely wide open. It's it's a bit strange considering uh, last season, I think we had one of the best defences in the first half uh, of the season. Um, 
I'd started to forget what it felt like to concede, especially at home, to be quite honest with you. Um, but this season, I know obviously injuries will play that part and a lot of players are tired and fatigue setting in, but we just look lost in defence. Players are trying to play offside and aren't quite getting it right. And Dan Byrne, bless him, I mean, love the bloke, but I, I can't understand the decision to play him up against Salah and then not even to double up against Salah, just let him fend for himself there. But we look all over the place. We look a bit lost in midfield defensively as well. I think going forwards, we looked quite quite all right, really. I think um, Bruno had an all right game. He's, he's been probably our best player. I think Lewis Miley, uh, he's been quite good. But defensively, we look shocking and we're, we're crying out for a defensive midfielder. I think when you look at the, the run of form, when the when the game got confirmed that we're playing each other, I think, you know, naturally, I'm Sunderland through and through. You're a Newcastle fan. You always hope that either side of us is going to win, but you're going to go into this game favourites anyway. But the run of form since the game's actually been confirmed, it's been horrendously bad from a, a Newcastle perspective. You've lost seven of your last eight games in all competitions. Bear in mind, one of them was a, a penalty shootout, but... How worrying is that form based on look? Let's be honest, the level that Newcastle have shown over the past year that they can they can bring to the table. I think for the first sort of five or six games of that run, look, that they're, they're injured, they're, they're tired, they're not used to playing at this level. I think that's you know that's fair enough. And I think cha- playing AC Man Champions League, I mean, you weren't expected to get out of the group, but that was disappointing given the position that they were in, and it's just sort of taken a toll on them and. It's the games against Luton, the game, the game against Forest, where you've you've just got to be picking up points, and those were the games where we were picking up points last season, and it's massively hindering us now. And it's it is becoming a worry, but I think a lot of people are sort of looking at January, uh, the 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 game against Sunderland aside, they've sort of accepted. All right, well, we should get beat off uh, Liverpool, we should get beat off Manchester City, we should get beat off Aston Villa, and it's more so the games after. I think we play. Uh, Luton, Nottingham Forest again, uh, one of the other teams sort of in and around the bottom half. Uh, I think those three games are basically, if, if if we come out of January without a win still, those three games are absolutely must win. Um, and I think a lot now rests on the Sunderland game, which wasn't ideal. And that kind of leads into my next question. Look, nobody wants to lose a derby, whether you're Sunderland or Newcastle. We know that. I think, but in my lifetime and, and probably yours as well, whenever we face each other, We've been in pretty much the same league, 100%, and in similar league positions where they've been fighting relegation, mid-table, um, or if you're going to go back in 1999, you're looking at the sort of top half and, and fighting for potential Europe. But this one, it's, it's a championship side fighting for the playoffs in the division below. And you've got another who's been playing in the Champions League this term and has you know, beaten PSG for one this season. In many ways, Sunderland have got absolutely no pressure on them, but... How much pressure is that on Newcastle anyway? And how much more pressure has this run of form added to it? Yeah, it's when it was announced, I mean, obviously, I don't think... Well, there, there will have been some, but I think the majority of Newcastle fans thought this is not what I want to be dealing with after the, the run of games we've had. I would have loved a, a, a third-round tie at home to Forest Green or something. No disrespect to them, but I just... just For once this season, I just want to relax. Um but I mean, at the start, at the start of the month, um, there wasn't that much pressure on it for a derby, so to speak. Um, you're still in with a chance of getting the Champions League knockout rounds, and now all of a sudden it's all right. We've lost seven of our, our last eight. We're drifting in the mid-table. 
we're out of two competitions. This is the only trophy uh, we've got even a chance at. And it's it's almost like our entire season sort of it rests on this. Beating, like, I, th- I think if, if Eddie Howe can get a win over Sunderland, I think he buys himself a fair bit of time. I think he'll deserve the chance to get to the end of the season. Whereas I think if Newcastle lose this, and then they're facing Manchester City and they're facing Aston Villa, it all starts to go a bit sour. How much would a, a defeat of Sunderland, a defeat in Newcastle, either side, it's it's never nice. Um, but considering Newcastle are such overwhelming favourites because of the league position and the difference in league, if he was to struggle to get a result against Sunderland, how much extra pressure does that put on Eddie Howe? Because we all know what the game means, whether or not... He deserves that pressure or not? How much pressure does it put on him? I think I think it's massive. I'm not. I don't want to speak for everyone. Um, you'll get a lot of different voices on social media, which I don't think reflects what the atmosphere actually is in the stadium. Um, but there will just be so much more pressure from the media. Certain fans. I mean, there's quite a few that have already started to sort of turn. Um, not necessarily wanting them out, but starting to ask questions. I think that would be a huge turning point. I think he, I don't think necessarily the players. I don't think he'll sort of lose the dressing room because I think, but just in terms of the atmosphere around the club, um, I think suddenly you're looking at the immediate games after January. You have you have to go on a sort of five, six, seven winning game run in order just to pull yourself out. And it's more, it's 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 a difficult one. It's a difficult one to say. I'm pleased we're on the other end of the spectrum from a Sunderland perspective. I'm not going to lie, I feel that there's no real pressure on us whatsoever. But I think, you know, just in the eyes of fairness, there's been, I've seen the criticism of Eddie Howe. Of course, I have. Like, we look at each other's, we're rivals, we're, you know, we laugh when each other fails. So naturally, I've looked at the re- responses and some others have come out in defense of him because of the things he's done previously. And I think, you know, he was heralded up until two months ago. I think we all know what's happened at Newcastle in the past couple of years with the takeover, what that's changed in terms of um, what you can win, in terms of the competitions that you're playing in, in terms of the players that you can now attract. But has that takeover and maybe your overachievement of last season meant the expectations have shot up a little bit and potentially too much and maybe need to be a slight bit more patient? Um, I would say from the media sort of perspective and uh, other fans of other Premier League clubs, obviously they're you're always going to say, oh, Newcastle finished fourth last season. They've spent £100 million on top of that. They should be progressing. But I think within the club, especially the uh, owners, I don't think they're putting any pressure on how whatsoever because they know for a fact when they came in, they were thinking, OK, within five years, we'd like to be in the Champions League. We've done that in two. Um, so there's there's no real urgency to get back into there like immediately. Obviously, that's going to be the ultimate goal um, to do it again. But the added fixtures, I mean, the unexpected amount of injuries. Yes, we have spent however much money, but a lot of that was invested in the future. A lot of that was invested in Sandro Tonali, who obviously can't play until the third game of next season now. But in terms of what the owners are thinking, I don't think... I think you could lose every game in January and still be in with a job. That's that'll go against what everyone else thinks. But the most important thing, thing uh, for Eddie Howe will be 
the owners completely back him and have full faith in him to try and turn this around. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, actually. Um, I don't think they would get rid of him despite the fan pressure. I think, obviously, they have some sort of project there that they, they want to go with. Hopefully, it all goes horrendously badly, but, you know, nonetheless, hopefully, Eddie, um, Eddie sorry, will be beheading <laughs> out of the door at some point. Um, nobody likes to admit they're nervous before a game, but let's not kid ourselves here. Um, I'm nervous, of course I am, because you never want to lose one. I've said that three times already, but... I know you can't speak for every fan in the same way that I can't speak for every fan, but personally, how nervous does the fan base feel ahead of this game? I think it's getting worse by the day. It's, get, it's definitely getting worse by every result. Um, when it was first announced, it was, there was a bit of shock, there was a bit of nerves, but ultimately we know we're a Champions League level team, or we were. Um, and now it's like every, every bit of positivity has just been sucked out of us. Player for player, you'd obviously say, Newcastle have the better squad and, and they, sh- they should be winning that game quite comfortably but you know in a derby game does that does that even matter I mean time and time again Newcastle have had, have played the occasion not played the game and I'm just praying that Eddie Howe drills into them that, that just keep keep your head like don't get involved with the atmosphere just stay up play your normal game especially for uh, for Bruno Gomares because I'm terrified I'm absolutely terrified that Bruno will go on one of his runs, sprint at someone and get himself sent off. And that's the absolute last thing we need. So I think it's just about containing that first 20 minutes and getting a hold of the game. But in the in the run up to this game, it's it's absolutely terrifying. And I hate them saying that. You know, you spoke about Bruno there before. Now I'm looking at from a Sunderland perspective. And I'm, the first thing I'm thinking is wind him and Joe Linton up. Like that, from a perspective, I'm thinking yeah. if you do that, get them involved in in something, get them away from the game that they play. And I think that comes on the fact that, you know, when you've lost a lot of games recently, it would be fair to say, and some fans might like it, um, but Bruno and Joe Linton and, and whatnot in the midfield players have always seemingly ended up in a fight at the end of the, the game when yeah. you got beat, which you could say is a good thing. It's a funny thing as a Sunderland fan, I'm not going to deny that, but... Is there a worry that those players almost get too involved that it might go the opposite way as opposed to the way you want it to go and, and that could, I don't know, not get players sent off, but it could take them off the game because let's not let's be honest, Bruno's a key player for you at the moment, a player that could win the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it will rest on the kind of game that he has. I mean, I can't even remember how many times I've seen him. It's, it's like something switches I remember watching um, the game against, I think it was Forrest. Um, and he was right in front of me and he just started running. And I thought, I immediately thought, right, he's going to get booked here. And it, and he didn't get the ball. So he, he, he kept following the ball and then he followed the next man and he just went and went and went and kept running until he got the sideline and just wiped someone out and got booked. And I just thought, this is, this is against Nottingham Forest. This is a nothing game. I know obviously he was frustrated because of the result, but like, how is he going to keep his head? And I, I, I hope that he just has a great game and he just gets on with it. But from a Sunderland perspective, I'm, I'm assuming that's just going to be the ultimate goal to wind him up because that's that's just an easy way in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to deny it 100%. Um, I'd quite enjoy it as well, to be honest, but there you go. Um, I'm going to be fair to you here, right? You have suffered injuries. I can't deny it. Um I know no fan ever wants to use the excuse of injuries or suspensions or whatnot, mm-hmm. but it, it it does play a part. You've had some sign-ins injured. You've had your strikers injured. I think both of them have been injured at different times. 
Alongside the Champions League schedule, which a lot of these players haven't had, do you think it's fair to say that that's been the key factor behind Newcastle's bad form mixed in with a bit of confidence? Or is there more to it than that? I think it's definitely played a huge factor, but I think it's it's no longer worthy of an excuse. I don't. I think that the first five games after the international break, I think it was, we were playing the same eleven every three days. We had uh, ten games in thirty days, uh, and pretty much no one to come off the bench. I think. I think it was Matt Ritchie was our sort of super stub, who was signed to get us out of the championship and I think to a point yes it's still impacting us and if you look at the bench last night I mean we had Lewis Hall we had Carius, we had Paul Dummer we had Matt Ritchie we had Alex Murphy these aren't sort of names that are going to change the game but having said that they have had more time off than they used to they're now out of two uh, competitions they're going to be playing one game every week from now on they're still hard games against Liverpool and obviously Manchester City and Aston Villa coming up, but you can't keep saying, oh, we're tired. It's the amount of games, because that's that's old news. You've still got injuries, but you you can't keep using that as an excuse as to why you keep getting outplayed, because the players you've got are still quality. That starting eleven is still a very good starting eleven, and they should be doing better. Yeah, I, I, I thought last night we looked through the team and then... Lo and behold, you went and picked up another two injuries. Um, look, we've all had a bit of a laugh from a Sunderland perspective because of Trippier's form and saying he's bottled it, you know, funny. But he's he's an England quality player. And I think outside of this little run of form, we know what Trippier's brought and Callum Wilson does score a lot of your goals. There's reports saying that they're both going to miss this weekend's game. I don't know if that's, I don't know, mind games or whatnot. But, you know, nonetheless, if they are to miss the game on Saturday. How big of a blow is it going to be missing those two? I know Trippi's been out of form, but you know, obviously he brings a lot to your side and how much of a miss are those two going to be in a, in a game of the magnitude that it is on Saturday? Yeah, it's a difficult one with Trippi because I think what we've always sort of rested on is the leadership that he brings to that defence, especially last season. You can see him organising everyone, telling people where to go. Um, but the last few weeks, it's almost as if his head's just completely gone. And as soon as the other players see that, and it sort of it sort of all starts to fall apart and start to lose confidence. So I'd absolutely love him to have love to have him available, uh, especially for a derby game when you need leaders in your team. Um, but on the current form, it's it's a difficult one uh, with Wilson. Um, that is a huge blow, I think personally, because put in a bit of a scrap. Whereas Alexander Isak, I think he's the better striker, obviously all all round. But I'm not sure it's his type of game, unless he can sort of take it, take the ball on, uh, dribble past the defenders. That's that's his style. But I imagine what Sunderland will be doing will be trying to sort of rough him up a bit, which is kind of what Callum Wilson excels at a bit more. Um, but it all depends on on Isaac's fitness, to be quite honest, because the games I've watched, he looks knackered about the 60th minute every single time. So it's it's nice to have Wilson to bring on for the last half an hour as a sort of battering ram against those tired defenders, but it's going to be a huge blow. In terms of the players that have come through with some credit from this period, I've never really watched them outside of the 20 minutes here or there, if I'm honest with you, um, for obvious reasons. But Lewis Miley's come up with a lot of credit and with the money you've spent and the, the kind of names you've brought in over the past few years, it's, it's maybe 
unusual to see a 17-year-old getting such praise. I know he, I don't think he played last night, but how good is Lewis Miley? Because it's probably a player that, you know, as Sunderland fans, you're looking at Bruno, you're looking at the, the names that you know. We don't know too much about Lewis Miley. There's a lot being said about him. Is he as good as people are making out? I think probably the biggest compliment you could give him is that you don't notice that he's a 17-year-old being thrown into the first team. He's he's so aware of everything that's going on. He's so calm on the ball. It's it's a bit unbelievable. And I, I think you can sort of tell that he's the midfielders that he's been learning off of because one of Bruno's best, his ability to sort of create space between himself and the person marking him, he just, I don't know how he does it, but he just gets himself between the defender and the ball and turns him and he's away. And I think Lewis Miley's learned a lot off of Bruno from what I can tell anyway, but he just looks... He looks light years ahead of someone like Sean Longstaff, for example, who the last few games, Longstaff's looked... I don't even know what he does, to be quite honest. He's been crucial at times for Newcastle. Don't don't get don't get us wrong. Um, but Miley, he, he offers something different. He's making driving runs into the box. He's winning the ball back at the other end. He just looks like he's got more about him. And for someone to be doing that much at that young of an age, it's... Incredible, really. I know Eddie Howe doesn't want to have have to be playing him so much. He's been kind of forced into it because of injuries to Joe Work and Joe Linton and Sandra Tonali being out. But been a bit of a blessing in disguise in a way because we've really got quality midfielder, and I'd like to think he's only going to get better. Yeah, there's been a lot said about him. So um, one thing I, I did want to ask as well, I kind of maybe should have came onto it earlier on, but I'll, I'll come back to it. I've heard a lot made from Newcastle fans about their away form. And I think when the draw came out, look, if it was at St. James's, we've got a very young squad. I think I'd be looking at the game very differently. At the stadium light, it's a better chance for us. Let's not deny that. And I've thought that from the start. But then I heard a lot of Newcastle fans discussing their away form. Well, the away form's not that good. And I thought they've only lost like three no or something like that. Then I looked at your away form. If I take out the cup games and concentrate solely on the league games, you haven't won away from home the league since you beat Sheffield United 8-0, I think, on September the 23rd. Um, so a lot of that poor form you, you've produced from away, away from home, sorry, has been produced since like the back end of September. Is there a particular reason Newcastle's away form has been so poor? And on top of that, being away from home, even though it's against a championship side, does that make the game just a bit more difficult based on the away form you've had this season? Yeah, it's it's definitely you have a different outlook um, on the games this season when they're away and at home. I think obviously when you're at home, you've got the crowd behind you and you've got that bit of extra energy, which I think has really helped the team, especially uh, with the amount of fatigue that they've had and the injuries that they've had. Um, they've just had that sort of boost to lift them and give them just that bit extra, which has helped them get over the line but away they just sort of collapse as soon as they go one nil down it's it's weird because last season what we were so good at was keeping our heads and we'll go one nil down but, we, but I think apart from the Sheffield United game our last away win before that was I think it was either April or March when we beat Everton for uh, 4-1 uh, it's <laughs> it's a bit unbelievable because you, you think like We've qualified for the Champions League. We've got better players. How is it this bad? And I, it's difficult to put your finger on it, but because it's the same team, just 
two different locations. Um, but it is very worrying, and I think if it was at St James's Park, we'd be a lot more confident. But this is this is really a it's, it's quite terrifying. Nice to hear. Got to be honest, um, <laughs> but it is like that. We all feel like that before a derby. To be honest, we all have nerves. Like I'm talking about it, and I'm actually my left hand was shaking. No one can see this, and I'm just talking about it, and my left hand shaking because I am. Look, we haven't played each other for so long. It feels like we've kind of forgot what each other looks like. And in many ways, the clubs are very different to look at. But there is players in Newcastle side that have got them into a Champions League position. God, it pains me to say that, but I've said it. Um, who are your key players? And, you know, who are you hanging your hat on for Saturday's game? And who are your match winners? Yeah, it's. I think it's important that Bruno has a good game. I think a lot of our problems have come from midfield. Um so I think it's it's massive that he has a good game and obviously doesn't get himself sent off. Um, Gordon, I think he's another one. He's looked, he's been brilliant this season, but he's looked really tired the last few games. So I'm hoping with a bit of a few days rest, he'll be back to his best. Um, I think I think the main problem will be the defense. The defense has looked really really shaky, and although Dubravka has had he had a really good game last night. Albeit he did concede four, but he had a really good game last night. And but but apart from that, he's been very very worrying. I think he conceded something like fourteen goals um, in his last seven games. It's it's not it's not even difficult shots. The shots that he's facing, I mean, conceding a, uh, a hat trick to Chris Wood. I mean that that should tell you everything basically. So I think I think Dubravka has to play well. He has to have another good game. Looking at the game itself. Again, I've I've played this down an awful lot on purpose because I know the pressure's on you lot. But there is players in our team that I'm confident in that that, that can hurt you. Um, but you know, if I was to mention players, people are going to say, "Well, you're very biased, Graham," and they'd be 100 correct. I am very biased. But from a Newcastle perspective, I know you'll come into the game and think, "Well, you know, on paper with the Premier League team, we've been in the Champions League. Our players, you know, your centre forwards cost sixty odd million pounds, which I think like our entire squad cost like twenty percent of that." From a Newcastle perspective, is there any players in particular that I know you won't want to admit it, but who are the players that you think could damage Newcastle? I think the obvious one is going to be Jack Clark. Um, I mean, I've, yeah, I think you've been on the telly a fair few times. So I've watched quite a lot of Sunday this season, um, and I was actually at the the Euro away game at QPR. I saw him right in front of us. Um, I think the only the only thing that would worry me more about Jack Clark is if. He played on the right and played up against Dan Byrne because I'm I'm convinced Dan Byrne's going to start this game because for some reason Eddie Howe can't force himself to drop him, uh, and that would seriously seriously worry me. I think if if Jack Clark's up against Livermento, I think we've got a better chance of dealing dealing with him uh, against Livermento and Fabian Shaw on that right side. Um, but is it is it Patrick Roberts that plays on the on the right? Is he is if he he's fit? if he's fit. Um, I imagine Roberts would be on the right-hand side, yes, which is, I kind of wanted to ask about that matchup between Roberts and, um, and Dan Byrne, because, look, he's nowhere near the quality of Mo Salah, I understand that, but he's similar in style to him, he's nimble, he's he's got fast feet, and let's be honest, the one thing Dan Byrne doesn't have is fast feet, he's a big lumbering left-back, is that, are you telling me Patrick Roberts is worrying you, Andrew, is that what you're telling me? You want to admit it? Well, the, the times I have watched Patrick Roberts, um, I've been I've been impressed with him on the ball, but I just I feel like he leaves a lot to be desired when it comes to the final third. And I, I maybe maybe it's just a few games that I've watched, but I feel like I'm watching him every time, sort of dribble past three players, 
and then miss kick the ball or miss hit the pass or something like that. So in one respect, yes, but in another, he, he doesn't worry us in terms of a goal threat. So it's more of a build-up kind of player. And I think if if we did what we did if we do what we did last night against Liverpool, where I saw Dan Burns sort of bombing down the left wing and we're completely wide open all of a sudden, then I'll be worried. But I'm I'm hoping he's learned his lesson from that. I'm hoping he hasn't. I'm hoping he continues that run of form. But um, last question as always, and this is one I know where it's going to go for both of us because there's absolutely no way we can say anything other than a win for our sides. But we do end with predictions. Um, I haven't been great with them, but I've got to go Sunderland. I don't know if this is head, heart or whatnot, but I'll say 1-0 Sunderland and I'll say Patrick Roberts just for the crack. It's a tough question. Um, I think... I don't. I don't think it'll be a battering like I've seen some people suggest. I think it'll be a really close game. I think it all depends on that first twenty minutes or so. Um, but I think if we can get an early goal, silence the crowd a bit, sort of control the game from that point on, I think we'll go on to win it maybe two one. I think I'm going to say. I think. I think. I think I'm going to go for a Dan Burn winning goal. That's what I'm going to go for. Out of curiosity. Final question, actually. I said it was your final question. It was going to be the predictions, but I'll ask you one more. Do either of us want a replay? No, not a chance, because that no, means me I actually have to go to that game, so no. No, me neither. Same. Um, I'd normally tell people where you can find your stuff and subscribe, but I'm not going to do that because no one's going to do that. Enough. Let's be honest. But um, <laughs> Andrew, thanks, I think. Uh, no, I it's been great. It. I, mean, I feel like I've been very negative, but uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Well, that's what we wanted. That's what we wanted. I feel <laughs> it. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks very much. Cheers. Y'all ready for this? Did it rock shit? Does it rock anymore? They say the whole game done with Bob, so I'm back in the zone. We drinkin' gin till we pass out and fall on the floor. Is that your bitch? Cause she tell me she ready to go. They say they rock shit. Does it rock anymore? They say the whole game done with Bob, so I'm back in the zone. We drinkin' gin.